Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Fake Nerds Watch for Star Trek Picard Season 2. We're back. It's been a little bit. Uh, you know, hey, guys, life gets in the way. We tried our best to do these weekly, but sometimes we just can't. Yeah. This is going to be for Episode 6, 2 of 1, and Episode 7, Monsters. We're going to do them episode by episode, so we won't bounce back and forth. A little bit easier this week because they don't really... Coincide. Uh, yeah. But before that, uh, we didn't get to talk about the news. That dropped on first contact day, which yes. was that the showrunner Star Trek, Star Trek Picard season three will have the original cast of the next generation returning. I am so happy. Things like this make me ecstatic. If you guys are listening, thank you. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. Yeah, I'm I have been really enjoying the season so far. Um, I still still am like the spoiler alert. These two episodes, I like them. Um right. And uh, uh, so, like, going into the next season, I'm very hot. I'm very like, yeah, let's bring it in. Also, I don't know why these characters weren't in the show to begin with. That's I. I the only thing I could think out think of is they're holding out because they want to entice people, continue to entice people into the series. Maybe because we got a we got a little tease in season one. And then yeah. we're getting like another little splash of other characters. And then season three rolls around. We're getting next generation. So I guess season four would be we're getting Deep Space Nine characters. Well, there's no season four. Season three is the end. That's what you say now. I just broke your heart. I'm so sorry. Uh, this was <laughs> they 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 said that like season three, that's that's it. That's all the story they have for the show. They don't want to do anymore. I, understandable just because there are some characters or some actors that are getting up in age i'm sure they probably want to retire and live their life comfortable and just enjoy yeah i think it's a really smart move it's kind of what this is going to be a little controversial on my show at least but like it's kind of like what jurassic world dominion is doing right like mm-hmm. jurassic world dominion waited three movies to bring in their original cast this waited three seasons to bring in the original cast i think it was really smart to introduce new cast of characters, uh, like I said, and I, I believe that season one between Discovery and Picard, season one had the better character development. I enjoyed those characters quite a bit, and I'm happy to see them continue on. And I hope we're not losing them. And I don't think we are. I don't think we're losing those characters yeah, just because we're getting these guys. Um, and I think what's good what what's what's good about this is that now. They've kind of said they've kind of been like, okay, we can we didn't rely on those characters. So now we'll throw mm-hmm. you a bone. Right. It's not necessarily it's not necessarily they're throwing us a bone. It's that it's that they've decided that like we've we've told the story without them. Now it's time for them to enter the story. Yeah. Exactly. And I, exactly. And I think I thought it was really weird in season one when Laris was like, "Why don't you call Jordy or Riker or Beverly or whatever?" And he's and she's like, "Now they'd come in a heartbeat, but I don't want them to." And I'm like, "Why not? Why not?" <laughs> <laughs> hey, I know a bunch of Starfleet guys that's just that's just gonna come help me whenever they're just gonna come help me at the drop of a hat, but I'm yeah. not gonna do that. Exactly. And I was I thought that was really weird, and I but it was fine because you wanted to introduce new characters. So, like, I've been waiting for these guys. And if you're going to tell the final chapter of Picard's life, yes. these guys need to be in it. These guys need to be in it. I agree. And I, one name for me that stuck out because of 
I guess my upbringing, the fact that, hey, I'm kind of black. So um, and like I said, I'm kind of just in case you didn't know, <laughs> in case you didn't know. Yeah. So the fact that we are getting LeVar Burton, which is something for me, I, I've loved LeVar Burton since reading Rainbow, of course. And of mm, course, getting his Star Trek. Uh, so it's just like seeing his name on there. It just literally brought me so much joy and so much excitement for for season three, especially going off of. What we're getting now with season two on such a high note, it's just like the the, the stars are the limit, to be honest with you. The stars are the limit when it comes to the show. And yeah. I'm so excited, so thrilled that they're bringing in this cast. There's two things there's two things that I wanna bring that I want to bring up real quickly before we move on. But like first off, again, going back to season one, why it was weird that these characters weren't in it. When when Picard's doctor shows up. Yeah. in the beginning of season one and it's not beverly and it's revealed that it's like this is my doctor on the stargazer and i'm like what are we why aren't you beverly yes just why isn't beverly here and then like the relationship with Lars and this season like why are why, where's beverly why are we mm-hmm. doing beverly the other thing is that like the original series crew got the undiscovered country okay right the, the undiscovered country ends with second start of the right straight on to morning this is mm-hmm. it's they've got their hey we got to be decommissioned we don't have to go to earth let's let's go let's keep going let's yeah let's keep going and they don't star trek nemesis was was made to be open-ended so mm-hmm. if it did well they would get a they would get a They're fifth movie one. yeah yeah so the next generation crew never got that never got their undiscovered country moment mm-hmm knowing that this is the final chapter of Picard's life, this will also have to be the, we're going to get, I think we're getting their undiscovered country moment. That's cool. That's so cool. I probably, I'm not going to lie. I will cry. I will be shedding tears. I will be shedding some tears. One thing I I will say, I had a huge, it's going to sound weird. I had a huge crush on Beverly. I, I, as a kid, Beverly, interesting. I thought she was gorgeous. Something about her, her charisma, her, her way that she, like poses herself, her power that she possesses, everything about her. I've just always had an infatuation. I think she's gorgeous. I never, I didn't have a crush on anyone in the next generation crew. Oh, you're missing out on life there, but except, <laughs> except, you know what? That's not true. Cause I really liked Tasha, but she's only okay. in like six episodes. So that doesn't yeah. count. <laughs> um, it's really great. The, the teaser was awesome. Especially when I realized that this was new dialogue Cause like, man, I flipped when I, when like that was doing like the, the, the thank you cards or whatever he's writing. And then like, we're hearing dialogue and I'm like, wait, this isn't recycled. This is new. Brand new. This is some good stuff. And I just flipped. I was like, oh my God, they're coming back. Um, and then like every time a new a- actor was like, oh my God, they're all coming back. <laughs> and I think you sent me the, like you sent us the DM and you're like, did you guys watch it? And I'm like, LeVar Burton. Yeah. Like, I mean, Michael Dorn, the fact that like Terry, Terry Mathis, I believe is the showrunner's name. Forgive me if I get that wrong. I'm sure you're not watching this, but forgive me if I got that wrong. Um, but he said that, that Worf is going to look like Worf. So oh. we're not getting a discovery redesign of Worf. We're getting, and like they have the, they have the out because lower deck still designs their Klingons to look yeah. like the classic Klingons. So like, good. Um, Jordy, uh Riker, the, the final shot of Riker and Picard holding phasers. Yes. Ugh. Perfect. I'm very excited. I'm very excited. <laughs> and I think I'm so excited. I'm with you. I, I wonder if Brent Spiner 
is the villain. Because I'm pretty sure he's playing Alton and Nego soon from the first season of Picard. Because he can't play Data. Yeah. Um, I think that's who he's playing. And I wonder if it's, if he's going to take a villain turn. It's it's tough to tell. I mean, we still have a little bit left to go. Because this this actually ties into this to one of the episodes that we'll talk about. Um, okay. Which is that Alton, whoever Brent Spiner is playing in the season. And I'm pretty sure it's Alton. But he talks about genetic evolution, mm-hmm. which is what is what the Soong family was invested in before they went into cybernetics. Yes. So just curious if that's what's happening. If perhaps in the 25th century, Alton has decided that like, you know what? I did my Android thing. I'm going to do genetics now. Yeah. Go to the opposite. Still, yeah. Anyway, very excited. Cannot wait. Why don't we get into the episodes? <laughs> Sounds good. All right. So we'll start with episode six, two yep. of one. Okay. Where do we want to start with this one? I've got a couple of notes. It's been a little bit since I've seen it. Um, let's start with the very beginning. Let's start with, start with the beginning and we'll work our way down. Cause I think that, um, how this one plays out and how it leads into the second one, I think it's very, very smooth. Like I think this yeah. train ride that we're on has been a very smooth train ride. And it's like, it, it builds and continues to build until we get to this crescendo moment, which I think maybe the, the next episode is that moment, but mm. what are your thoughts? So, so at the beginning of this episode, they're trying to get into their, they're trying to get yeah. into the party, right? Correct. Right. So they're trying to get into the party and Gerardi basically reveals that she killed the Borg queen and then got assimilated on purpose. Correct. Uh, stupidest thing that I've ever seen any character do. Yes. Um, but and I want, let's 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 keep let's keep on Gerardi for a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's a really fascinating angle for for assimilation. Is we've always seen kind of assimilation seen as like this horrible, like they're they're invading your body, they're taking over your being one by one. But right. we've never seen it done in like um this kind of seductive way. Mm-hmm. And I think what Gerardi tried to reconcile in her mind, which was that your mic keeps keeps drifting yeah, it down. Keeps dipping. I don't know why it's been dipping lately, but yes. Um what safe. I think. I think Gerardi rationalized the ra- rationalized it by saying, Oh, well, I couldn't let you die because we needed to get home. Mm-hmm. But I think she wanted it because it felt good. And she was in pain when the queen was, was dying. And she yeah. wanted that. She was like the junkie we talked about. You know, she was like, I want, I want, I want, I want more. more. I want more of this. And I, and it hurts. The death is like the withdrawal. Mm-hmm. And I, I kind of really enjoy that. Uh, aspect of assimilation we've never seen this before kind of dived into in this way absolutely it's handled very well with that like you're saying it's more of this infatuation with being part of something that she wants and she she doesn't feel like she's a part of the group yet she almost feels like she's an outcast or outsider looking in and not fitting into this well-knitted team and well we're getting the queen yeah we're getting the queen kind of showcasing her her attributes as like hey you can be part of we can be together we can be one and yeah it, it's gravitating towards two her of one more. yes there you go <laughs> um, 
what a what a cool image, by the way, seeing the Borg Queen uh in ju- in like a formal party. Yeah. Like what a weird that. what a weird image. Also really enjoy how they like handle how they like do mirrors. I'm really into like mirror mirror uh, imagery. We see it yeah. a lot with Moon Knight right now. Um and I really like seeing like the reflection of we see Gerardi, but then in the reflection, we see the queen next to her. And I, mm-hmm. I think that's really effective imagery that I'm just happy that they kind of played with in this episode. Yes. I, I, the only thing that I feel like is a little weird and it's been in different movies and different takes throughout history of films when it comes to having a, a subconscious person talking to you and you're mm-hmm. talking to somebody that's not there. Majority of the time, it's like, okay, if I saw that and I'm in a party, it's like, whoa, it's a little crazy. This person is talking to herself. No one's around her. There's no Bluetooth in her ear. So what's <laughs> going on here? Why is she talking? And like, nobody addresses that. And I, I did want that. I wanted somebody to address address that moment that this lady is crazy and really talking to herself. Sure. Uh, it just was weird for me. Like, yeah, I get that. In the room and she's with the two guards. She's locked up. And she's just having a full-blown conversation. It's like, you guys are not that far away. How do you not hear her? Yeah, I get that. It's also strange that she had like this pheromone that only knocked them out, but not her. Yeah, not her. Exactly. Yeah. It's not but, really something. It's not a show-breaking thing for me. It was, but I, I understand what you're saying. One thing I did like, I don't know if you caught this, but the image between the Borg Queen and her, the resemblance in their face is quite similar. Oh, sure. Like they have yeah. a really good like shape, like body structure, facial structure that it's almost like this is just like you said, a mirror image of one another. I liked it. Yeah, I, I think that. I, yeah, that's a good. I didn't notice that. Um, this kind of this episode kind of helped me help me come to terms with the fact that we're not get we're not seeing Alice Krieg mm-hmm. as the Borg Queen. Like I was yeah. like, because up until now, I'm like, well, damn, this could have been Alice Krieg. But like at this point, I'm like, oh no, you know, I see, I see the vision, I see what we're doing here. This is, this is a, a good Just way to interpret this. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see. Let's talk about a bit about Raffi and Seven, and I mean yes, a bit I, because they didn't do a lot. Correct. But I did like their little dynamics they had. Their their moments of, especially I think Raffi had like a moment of jealousy, which was kind of funny. She's had this moment. She's had this kind of background jealousy that I've enjoyed seeing because Seven has really enjoyed not having Borg implants. Mm-hmm. Yes, and and she's really enjoyed being in the 21st century. And, and Raffi speaks about that right off the bat. She's like, "Oh, she looks so great. She's not like worrying about how people see her image." Yeah, and I, I think that that comes up with you know that was also in like the first uh, the first season where we call where we like. Talk about the XBs, how they're kind of um, how how they're seen within the Federation, and I totally understand that because the Borg have been such a hated species, their most deadly enemy. That if they want to, oh, I just had a really interesting thought about how the season could end. Um, sorry, <laughs> real quickly, um, but like when. When um, if they see someone with Borg implants specifically, it can kind mm-hmm. of cut, create some red flags, which is why yeah. Picard kind of gets off scot free because he, he doesn't have physical implants attached to him still. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you see that, if you see it on someone, that kind of creates some some stigma. And so it's nice to see like 
Seven, who doesn't have her family unit from Voyager to fall back on, but now also doesn't have her uh, Borg implants, be happy. Yeah. Because she doesn't have anything inside of her that's actively suppressing her emotions. Correct. It's just, it, it, it was nice to see. Unfortunately, yeah. they don't do a lot in this episode. Yeah. But it was so good. It's so good to see them interact. And yeah, they still have a spark of love for each other. Yeah, I really like the relationship, and we'll get to that in the next episode. For sure. Um, Rios is also another episode that kind of gets shortchanged in this one, but mm-hmm. I like how he's how he's fascinated with this time period. He's like, look, this is a real cigar. <laughs> and he's like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought that was funny. It was good. Um, it gets me scared, though, with him. Just the fact that he's so infatuated with this time period and what reality truly is like and how it how he's perceived it from before to how he now actually physically understands it yeah and it seems like he has a lot more a lot more going for him in this century than he did in his current time which gets me afraid because i think picard mentions it i don't know if he remembers or if he says it in this episode or if he says in another episode but just the fact that he's like infatuated with this moment i think is scary well, it's Raffi who brings it up because Raffi is the yes. one. Raffi is the one who's like, you know, at the end of this, we're going home. Like, you can't, you can't yes, like this girl. You can't like the century. We're going home after this. We're going back to our time period. Our back to our timeline. There's been a lot of speculation online about whether or not he will go back with them, mm-hmm. and I think the next episode kind of proves that yes, he's going back with them, but he might be taking someone with him. Yes. That's what I, uh, I foresee, which yeah. gets me nervous, very nervous, because we've talked about Back to the Future and creating different timelines, but hey. Well, it goes back to, and I won't get too much into it here, but this season takes very heavily from Star Trek for the Voyage Home. Mm-hmm. Like, there's callbacks, the yes. plot structure, it's, it's very, very apparent that Star Trek for the Voyage Home was their reference point when making this season, which isn't a bad thing. I actually quite like it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think because of how that how that movie ends with them bringing a doctor to the future with them, I think that that's where we're going. Possibilities, yeah. But anyway, um, so uh, I guess this is I guess we know what this means because La- uh, Lara Talon mumbles in Romulan. Yes. And uh well now we know she's Romulan. Yes, so now you know, we know. Good I'm job. Right. Yeah, exactly. Way to keep the secret hidden from us. <laughs> yeah, good job, show. Um <laughs> yeah, I I like the I like the 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 subtle hints that she is Romulan because you're not catching it unless you're reading the subtitles, which says mumbles and romulan. You're not gonna I, I really catch on to that. That's the problem. I read the subtitles. Me too. Um let's see. I, I did really, but going back to to Everett Lars here, but going back to Talon, uh, she, uh, I really, I do enjoy how protective she, she feels of Renee, because mm-hmm. she's looking at this as like, she's looked after this girl for twenty nine years, longer, and she now has to say goodbye. Yeah, because her job is done, her duty would be done as soon as she gets to the Euro, to the Europa, Europa mission, she's gone. Mm-hmm. And and I think that Talon, like Gary, Gary Seven, he only he 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 had to care about like 
moments in time. Important moments needed to happen or not happen. Yeah. But versus she, life. Versus a life. And that's what Talon is doing. Talon needs mm-hmm. to needs to protect a life. And she grew attached to that life because she's compassion. She's a human. She's yes. uh, she's a humanoid person. <laughs> um, we'll get to that. Yeah. So I think that's really that was really something. It does kind of suck that that kind of comes up out of nowhere. And then Picard's like, it's okay. We're good. And she's mm-hmm. like, oh, okay. What to do? <laughs> that was I kind of weird. Check your brain for a second. Yeah. Maybe you can help me out with this. Um, Shoot. With this moment, and we see her and Picard kind of just hanging out. Talon's hanging out with Picard, and they're watching Renee. And mm-hmm. Picard wants to go and intervene and try to do something, but Renee's like, no, I don't do that. And she said it before, and I think the last episode where she's like, I don't intervene, I just yeah. watch. Do you think that this interaction with Picard changes the future and the future that we've seen already has happened because of the events that have taken place now. So (laughs) does that make sense? It does. So let's unpack that. Let's unpack that. So that would mean that this is a paradox. Yes. Which. uh, That is tricky to maneuver in the best of times, but when a paradox generally doesn't change time. It just means that they have to go back in time. They like um, a paradox is time zero. You know, okay. there's been a lot of talk about the, about the episode time zero in re- response to Guinan um, in that episode. They find data's head in San Francisco in an yes. old mine that hasn't been opened since that. the 1800s. Yep. The enterprise then goes to investigate that. Picard has to go with them because she ha- because he has to meet Guinan so that Guinan ends up on the Enterprise D eventually, mm-hmm. and 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 then Data's head has to end up in that in that thing or else the thing doesn't or else they never go to investigate. So, Correct. Nothing ever happens. So, if if what you're saying is what's happening, that is very tricky because paradoxes generally don't result in an altered timeline. Okay. So you're not. Huh. (laughs) Time travel is really hard to talk about. Um, Is it an altered timeline? It's not one already because what Picard is trying to do is he's trying to keep the timeline the same. Yeah. And in doing so, everything that they're doing now is to hopefully keep the timeline the same so that when they go back to their time, nothing's changed yes but something but did we, change but something did did that's a question did something but the change, change but so it's something did change because we saw it change we saw the change in the timeline and if huh, that would mean that it would have to that would mean that the change in time has to happen no okay no the answer the answer quite simply is no because <laughs> otherwise if the is it's just it, no okay the reason why i brought this up is my brain hurts <laughs> um lars in the future yeah we're gonna get to it so might as well crack that egg but lars in the future we see her interact with picard yeah but this particular guard is a, a guardians they're called right supervisors oh. Supervisors. Okay, these supervisors are not are 
part of their code is not to go and interact with the person merely to watch. Yeah. But we're not seeing that happen. Is that because Picard made a judgment call and did some type of interaction with Renee, which caused Talon to see, okay, I can go and do something past just watch. Oh boy. I have to do it. I'm sorry. Cause my brain's frying here and I'm trying to think of this. Cause that's what I thought of when I watched it. I was like, Oh, so is this, 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 and so I need your help. Okay. Okay. For the purposes of sanity, <laughs> let's just assume yep. that anything that Picard, Rios, Rafi, Seven, whatever, they have introduced a new element to what Q has changed. Okay. So for the sake of sanity, let's just take the show by face value, which is that Q changed something or okay. is about to change something or is trying to change something. Mm-hmm. And Picard. And everyone have come to the past to stop that. And Q is aware of them. I hate time travel. I'm so sorry. I hate time travel so much. (laughs) (laughs) Picard and crew were not meant to be here. Okay. They, They are a new element. That is trying to stop Q from changing the timeline. Okay. I hate you. <laughs> I'm sorry. I ha- this is the burning questions that sat in my mind. That's why I messaged you. I was like, we got to talk. I, I just, like, I get it. I get it. But time travel, especially this type of time travel, uh, is really difficult. It's, it's, it, I was blue in the face trying to explain to people how the time travel and end game makes sense. And to me, it does. And to me, this makes sense. But at the end of the day, you can't think about it too hard because otherwise then... The, <laughs> You'll have a brain in your zone. Because, the, 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 because time... Time is a predator that stalks us all our lives. No. <laughs> um, time is, is, is such an inconceivably, an inconceivable aspect. Think about it. So when the doctor... When the doctor in Doctor Who moves his 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 uh tardis a second out of sync with time with with him with him it makes it effectively invisible that's not true because if you're a second ahead eventually you're going to see that unless you're constantly always a second ahead which case that that's something else that's why tenant is so difficult to understand because uh, well for some people because to we cannot perceive time going backwards we can only perceive it going forward because that's what we live because that's how that's that's the that's the plane of existence that we live in mm-hmm. and so in tenet when they're like we're we're running backwards that's how time moves backwards that's not it if you you physically you you cannot perceive time going in a backwards direction it doesn't look like walking backwards it as soon as that person is no longer in your frame of time that person does not exist to you. So, so, so anyway, <laughs> that's why time travel, long story short, that's why time travel is so difficult to discern because it is oh, something boy. that is so far beyond our understanding. Could I just say, if Mike was here, I would be dying laughing because 
you guys would be like trying to like battle me. <laughs> no, I just I don't mind talking about time travel. It 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 really is. But the the issue that you bring up is that it is you're adding an alternate timeline to a paradox and that those two are two different concepts that are often not seen together. And so if you try to put them together, you create a whole new imperceptible version of time travel okay. because in order to create a paradox, you need to exist in one time. You need to exist in one timeline, but because mm -hmm. there is an alternate timeline, we are separate. We are in an alternate timeline. The paradox can only exist in that altered timeline, in which case you always live in that altered timeline. I got you. Or you could just do the Janeway method. <laughs> you could have learned with that, you know. <laughs> just don't think about it. Gods. Sorry, sorry. No, it's okay. It's just my brain hurts now. <laughs> but back to back to this episode. Back to the episode. We interrupt this this time travel talk for an episode. <laughs> um okay. Man, if I get tweets about this, people are going to have a hell of a time writing this out. They can tweet it to me because I don't get any tweets. I, I mean, I, I'm barely on Twitter, but I'm trying to work it. So send your tweets to me. I take send them your all. tweets love, to him. Yeah, love, hate, anything. Send them all to me. Okay. Um, okay. So I do want to talk about some of the some of the some of the Easter eggs in the episode. So we see so Jackson Roykirk. We yes. saw his name in an episode before. Uh, he created the Nomad Probe, which is actually um, on posters in this episode. Um, the Nomad Probe um, mm -hmm. would be seen again in the 23rd century. Kirk would interact with it. What I really enjoy about that is that it makes this world of Star Trek feel like a separate world. Because as I've always said, the history of Star Trek is not our history. It It can't be. Mm -hmm. again there was no war in the 90s that decimated half of europe yeah um so like uh so like what i really enjoy is this is this kind of fleshing out of merging worlds so it it is recognizable as our world but there are still like the jackson roy kirk observatory um the uh the nomad probe uh the sanctuary districts we've talked about before Mm -hmm. um how we didn't just give up space travel in the 80s um because we did <laughs> screw it i guess um and then i picard what does this say sorry i'm reading a note that i can't understand um and then there's a <laughs> there is a reference there is a a ship a, a shuttle essentially mm -hmm. in in the opening intro of Star Trek Enterprise. Okay. Um, and then that's the shuttle when Picard is talking to Rene. That's the shuttle they look at. Oh. Yeah. That is so cool. Yeah, I thought that was really neat. I was like, that ooh, Enterprise. <laughs> that is so cool. I love that. It's been a long road. It has been. That's a quote from the opening song of Enterprise. Yes. Um. Yeah, I really I, I thought that was really neat because it, it just it just helps it just helps the world feel believable. And it Correct. it reminds me of an episode of Voyager where where Janeway talks about an ancestor of hers that had that was trying to oppose this like building this this like building of like this this building 
in like the nineties or something. I don't remember what it was. I don't remember exactly when it was, but like that never happened, but Mm -hmm. that helped, but that helped the, that world feel like an alternate history. Correct. And it was like world building within a different world. Yeah. And it's, it's nice because it, it creates this idea that they care about this fictional world as much as we care about it. They, they want to, include the history within the series and it's, yeah. it's nice to have that versus it just be like oh this is star trek and boom that's it you're just you're tossed out into outer space versus this one it's like we have a reason of why where we came from and how we got here yeah um okay okay <laughs> let's see if i can make sense of these final notes um uh, okay so q told soon about picard Mm-hmm. Adam Soong shows up. We'll talk about his reveal a little bit later. Um, but so Adam Soong shows up and, and tries to get Picard in trouble. Um, it doesn't quite work until he tries to run him over. Um, and but before you get to that, yeah, the speech that Picard has with Renee. So I, I want to talk about that. Okay, all right. Just wanted yeah. to make sure we're not going to skip that. Okay. Oh, cool. we're not. We're not <laughs> because. The thing that I've noticed that really resonated with me. So as I've mentioned before, I suffer from depression. Mm -hmm. Um, It can be really bad. And I also suffer from anxiety attacks. Um, And they can be really bad. So Renee speaks to me on that level. And it's very easy for uh, television shows to just kind of write that off. But how compassionate the show is really surprised me yes in a beautiful way and Mm -hmm. if anything i am grateful that we had a moment where picard let me see if i wrote it down i didn't um (laughs) i didn't write down any quotes down darn it but picard and renee have this conversation together where she says fear is is your is is telling you that you're not ready for something and and he's like no no instant no no fear fear is fear it doesn't speak in riddles yeah and and just not it's not not seeing someone with things i had i had a really bad let me tell you an anecdote this is gonna make my brother sound really bad really badly but it's not i love my brother (laughs) i had a really bad anxiety attack one day Okay. Really bad. And and I'm talking like rarely do they get worse. Mm-hmm. And I I was told to calm down. The worst calm thing you down. Can, you the can worst get. thing you can do. I was told to calm down. I was told to uh I, I was I was met with fear because they were afraid I would hurt myself for them. Mm-hmm. And I saw Renee having this horrible panic attack, not sure what to do with her life, not not sure if she's ready to go on the space mission. It's it's all going to go wrong. I think about the end of the earth. That's how bad like anxiety can be. Is I not only do I think about any moment I get into my car, I could hit, get hit by a truck. I think about the fact that any moment an asteroid can hit this planet and we could all just die. Mm-hmm. And so like so she's sitting there, she's she's standing there wanting to be alone. And this old man comes up that she, do, she doesn't know who this old man is. And what does the old man do? 
be, why don't be we talk about why don't we talk about the thing up there yeah something told get her mind off of her worries yeah and i just it was handled with such love and compassion yeah. and i almost i almost started crying it's beautiful it's honestly a beautiful moment and there's so much reverence to that moment that if i remember correctly the music dies off and it's mm-hmm. literally a focal point on Picard's voice that just resonates very well. And you, you realize that this moment, and we'll get to it later on, but his, he has this moment where he's able to go and speak and be a leader. And that was a fear of his as a kid is being this leader. And now he, he has this moment to be this leader and be this moment to go and shine and help this girl out. And his delivery of what he says is spot on how he comforts somebody in this moment where I don't think it's a moment that most people really think at all. Like if you don't experience it, if you don't have these types of situations in your life where you're feeling anxiety or feeling depression, you don't know what's going on. Like I first, for me, I don't really battle with that. The only time I've ever had any type of anxiety or depression is, getting in front of somebody to speak to somebody or speak in front of an audience sure. or when my dad passed away. Like those are the only two times that I've had any type of depression or anxiety. Yeah. So for me, it's something that I never really grew around or never experienced, but I got that reverence from Picard's delivery and it was perfect. The writing, whoever wrote this, I, I commend them on the writing. It was such, it, it was handled with such a, a caring hand. It was, it, 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 didn't feel like it it didn't feel like it was coming from a place that wasn't earnest it felt mm-hmm. like it was coming from a place that they that picard has a goal in this scene get renee onto the europa mission but he also is looking at this human being with such compassion and having having the reference point that his mother also suffered from this is only added is only added to that because I know that because she, he has a reference point where he's, where he's like, he says, he says in this episode, um, my mother was this way. And it's like you, she struggled, but like he, he doesn't, he knows, I don't, he, he knows that he doesn't know what Renee is going through exactly. Mm-hmm. And, but he knows that, if you could just get her mind off of it and then talk her back, that's how you, that's how you handle it. And you never come at some, and you never come at someone who's having an anxiety attack as a, as a, as an antagonist, as an antagonist, you always come at them with, with someone who could, with someone who, who uh, as a friend, and that's what yeah. he wants to be in this moment. He wants to be a friend to her. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, it's my favorite scene in the whole series. So far, I got chills from it. I will. I won't lie to you. I honestly, I got chills from it, and it, it for me, it just showed how much of an actor he is to display that that emotion in in a minute. Yeah, I, I, I just couldn't couldn't believe it. Um, okay, <laughs> yeah, I, I really. I wish I I wish I wrote down quotes from that because there are so many things that that Picard says to her that I would have loved to have uh, reiterated here. But 
Um, I didn't, and it's been a couple, it's been like two weeks since I've seen the episode. So sorry. No, it's okay. not your fault. Um, I watch all these episodes twice though. Um, gotcha. This is the first time I've done this. I didn't do this with Discovery or even the first season of Picard. I watched them once just to kind of absorb, be like, yes, that was an episode. I'm really happy to watch that. And then again to notes. Notes. I gotcha. Um, uh, there's also, you talk about the emotions of Picard and what I thought was really cool is that when he sees Brent Spiner, when mm-hmm. they meet each other for the first time, you see all sorts of emotions run through him. Yeah. He's like hot red. He's, he's well, ready to like, pull out a phaser. <laughs> at first he's like, at first he's, he's surprised and then he's confused and then he's happy because he's like, Oh, data. Oh, yeah. wait. Yeah. And then he, and then yeah. he, and then he gets the anger. Cause once he finds out that, that I almost said data that Adam, uh, Adam thank you. That Adam, yeah. he, once he finds out that he's there and the reason why he's there is when you see that rage kind of take place. And yeah. there is, there's this like toss up between Picard's relationship with Q. And it's almost like this, this love relationship. Like if you have an ex and you you're you were so madly in love with this ex that every single time you see them you have this sense of rage i want to kill you but since at the same time you have the sense of rage that you want to go back to them and you want to fall in love with them all over again and i think that there's a fine line that these two gentlemen kind of walk on and you don't know which way they're going to sway whether it's like a love or hate type of thing yeah q is very fascinating this season it's so wonderful so wonderful um so let's talk about Gerardi's number. Yeah. Uh, Gerardi comes out and sings Shadows of the Night. Yes. Which um, threw me off. Mind <laughs> you, I thought she sang very wonderfully. If it's her voice, I thought she did a good job. But it was way out of left field. But what it's really interesting to me because, first off, I love it whenever when a character just spontaneously bursts into song. Um Every single time is brilliant. Um, but the the moment where the queen is like, because the queen is very encouraging of Gerardi in this whole episode, right? Right. But the queen is like, and out. Yeah, the queen is like, hey, Gerardi, you know, the people like us, people are looking at us, people, yeah. you should kiss Rios, Gerardi. You should, you, Gerardi, it's your moment. You gotta, you gotta give them that distraction. You gotta save the day, Gerardi, because, mm-hmm. and you, you kind of, feel and she's she's luring Gerardi and and the audience why well, at least me into a false me sense yeah into a false sense because you're like oh maybe she is trying to help yeah that's what i thought at first and then it really and, started to hit me like she's doing too much helping yeah and the, and then just like the the spotlight comes on and she starts singing and she's so happy and and the, and then she's like by the way uh thanks yeah, I'll exactly. take over now. No, and he's just like, and man, the Jerry Goldsmith score starts. The yes. the Borg theme from First Contact begins, and and the black brilliant the black eyes got me freaking out, dude. Brilliant. It was oh, a my brilliant goodness. moment. Um, another yeah. another random thing that I just I wouldn't call it a plot hole or anything of like that, but it just it was interesting that this happened. If you're at this party, you're at this this gala, and you're part of the band. You guys have rehearsed the day before. You guys know what you're doing for this this entire time. Yeah. And out of nowhere, 
this girl randomly starts singing. What you guys don't start playing like I? It just I, felt. So you know weird. what? Like, you know what? Go Good ahead. for them. They were ready. They were ready to go. They were like, "Oh, I know this song. Let's go." Yeah. All right. <laughs> Who's this girl? Who knows? Every, it was just. It was just weird. It's like, why do you guys put a light focus on her? I. I don't know. I don't know. There was, don't get me wrong. Uh, it was. It, it was nice because I do fancy myself a musical guy. I like music. <laughs> I like musical um, melodies that take place inside of films and series. But it just felt for me out of place. But then I realized why after. There is a. Uh, apparently um, the showrunner also got a lot of tweets about this. And I try not to bring, again, I try not to bring my, my internet life into this, uh, but the, because you brought this up, it was kind of funny. Um, he was apparently got a lot of tweets about like, why did the spotlight just turn on? First off, I don't give a shit. I don't care. Spotlight turned on because the guy was just ready. He was like, guy, this wasn't on the schedule, but I, be- I better get a spotlight I'm on this girl. With it, run with it. <laughs> um, don't know what's happening. Um, but apparently they did film a scene or at least wrote a scene where the Borg queen manipulated the spotlight to turn on. Okay. And they decided to cut it because he didn't think people would care. And that's the funny part. The fact that people gave a shit. People cared. I don't, I personally don't care. Uh, I I cannot stress enough. Terry Mathis. I am not one of those people. It did not hurt it at all. I just yeah. thought it was a very interesting take on how it happened. And I'm fa- I, to be honest, I'm glad that he took out the fact that the Borg Queen manipulated that. Yeah. Because the whole reason behind this moment is she doesn't have the power and she's using her endorphins to gain the power she needs. I, yeah. I won't spoil what's happening at the very end, but we, if she doesn't have that power... How is she going to manipulate a light and use her nano nanotechnology to magically wake their way all the way over to the light source and turn it on and move it? So yeah. I thought it was fine. I also think it's fine. It doesn't. I, as far as I'm concerned, uh, some random lady started singing and everyone's just kind of like, I was this on the schedule? No, we better <laughs> get going because I don't want to like, what if this was on the schedule? We didn't see it. You know anyway. what's hilarious is if they did this is through her mentality of what her voice sounds like, but in actuality, her voice was not that good. That would have been priceless. I'm sure the Borg queen modulated her voice. Of course. Of course. Anyway. um, So a couple of things I want to get out of the way, a couple of notes I want to get out of the way before we talk about kind of the big reveal of the episode. Mm -hmm. Um, So Talon or Talon, whatever the hell her name is, has a, a device that looks like a pen. Yes, it's a, it's a similar, it's a very similar device to the one that Gary Seven had in the original series. To pull up, yeah, I thought that was cool. Kudos. Um, and uh, when Picard, after Picard is run over, um, they could take her to the to the thing, and I really appreciate that the um, paddles didn't work because yeah. he, he has a he has basically a metallic body. Correct. Uh, I thought that was funny, but. The big reveal of the episode, and I guess a lot of people saw this coming, is that Adam Sung has created Corey. She is a augment. Yes. I want to talk a bit about, about the history of Star Trek real quickly. For those of you who don't know, and I'm sure most of you who are watching this do, Brent Spiner played a character named Eric Sung on Star Trek Enterprise. Mm-hmm. I think it's a really great three-parter. 
Eric Sung's whole mentality was that he thought that he could. He thought that the, the that not all augments would become tyrannical dictators like Khan. Yeah. So he stole some. Uh, he stole some embryos, some augment embryos from the eugenics wars, and <clears throat> made and and raised them and created and made them people. Um, of course, he was wrong because they all turned out to be. <laughs> It turned Back out asses. horrible. <laughs> um, well, not all of them. There was like one or two that were pretty cool, but like most of them turned out to be jackasses. Yeah. Um, so I thought it was a really smart idea to keep the through line of the Sungs being geneticists before Eric. So the whole line of Sungs are geneticists, and then Eric changes his mind and decides to be a cyberneticist. Um, and and I thought it's a really, and I also think it's a really smart idea to make Corey kind of the prototype version of what Eric will get to do, right? Correct. Um, Adam has been experimenting with augments, had been trying to create a eugenics, uh, an augmented person, an augmented human from scratch. Mm-hmm. Eric did not. Um, and I think that there was a really interesting development that I'm, yeah. I'm pretty glad about as far as keeping in line with Star Trek lore, Star Trek history, what we've seen from Enterprise. Um, a lot of Enterprise love this year for Star Trek. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not knocking it. Not I'm into it. it. I'm into <laughs> it. Um, I just think it's really, I just thought it was a really interesting idea. But also, who the hell is having his kids? That, that, that lineage is so long lived. Where are these kids coming from? Yes. <laughs> the the Soong lineage goes to the 24th century. And they and I, all are identical. <laughs> and I have never, ever seen them have children. All identical. It's it's so great. And Adam is so old. Does he already have a child? It, and that's it was funny because when they were doing the, the flat... Uh, it was here, right? The flashbacks mm-hmm. looking through the, the archive. Okay, so... When she's going through the archives and she's seen these pictures, I was like, this man just stays the same age. He's just always 60 years old. He's always 60 years old. Always 60. Uh, there's there's a, a, a bit in this where she sees... So, so I think, as far as I'm concerned, this confirms the eugenics wars have, mm-hmm. already, ha- have already happened. Yes, I um, agree. As far as I'm concerned, that's what this says. Because there's a thing like Dr. Soong uh, 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 violates the Shenzhen co- uh, convention or whatever, and, and then the newspaper article. Yeah. yeah, as far as as far as I'm concerned, I can put I can put two and two together and be like, oh, that's probably what happened after the eugenics wars. That's probably mm-hmm. where the law was created that where the eugenics wars ended, and then they're like, okay, we're not doing this anymore. Do this no anymore. more, no yeah. more genetic editing, no more augments. We're done with this. By the way, that is insane that that law has lasted a world war and into the 25th century. I, That's well, crazy. That is a crazy long-lived law, law. Hold that thought because I want to talk about it in the next episode. Uh-huh. But it's yeah, just, I won't go to it now. It's just interesting to me that like there are laws from like the, the 1800s. Well, there's plenty of laws from the 1800s that shouldn't be laws. But like there are things that like the the uh, we talked about it like records from world war three probably wiped out a lot of a lot of digital records Mm -hmm. and it's crazy to me that like one of the records 
Someone, someone after World War III was like, we need to make sure. Hold on to this one. This law needs to be safe. <laughs> um, I just think that's very funny. Anyway. Um, so, yes, yeah, so Corey is an augment. And I thought that was a really uh, a good reveal, um, an interesting reveal, mm-hmm. and probably has something to do with what co- the Confederacy is. Maybe the Confederacy yes. are all augments. Uh, yeah, it seems like they they set up very nicely on this series quite a bit. Um, I and I felt it for her too. Yeah. Just realizing, like, hey, I'm I'm not who I thought I was, and yeah. I don't have these memories, and I never took this picture with my dad. What's going on? And then she starts to realize that, hey, these aren't me. This is I'm just a product in a product line of failures. Yeah, I all yeah. His scene where he's like, um his scene where he's he's like i put all my hopes and dreams into you you were the last you were the last one like i can't believe you're gonna fail um there so there's a youtube channel i follow called trek culture i don't know if you watch them i have no they're pretty good one of the things that they they have this series called ups and downs and i want to bring this up here because i think it's very funny they have this series called Ups and Downs. And for the episode, for this episode, they did an ups and downs for Star Trek Picard. And one of the downs was that like this this reveal makes Soong very un un uh, unsympathetic. Mm-hmm. And I'm and I sat there thinking to myself, did y'all miss the statue? Because <laughs> in the 25th century, there's a statue of him. <laughs> there's a statue of him that says a safe galaxy is a human galaxy. Yes. I'm pretty sure he was never meant to be sympathetic. Exactly. From day one. He is the reason, somehow, he is somehow the reason why the Confederacy is the way it is. Why the Confederacy is a xenophobic, horrific, totalitarian state. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, someone was like, oh, they made an augment. Very unsympathetic. I'm not sure. I think you missed the statue. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think you missed the statue. And even in those videos, you can tell right off the bat, like he has no remorse for what he does. He's like, no. oh, this one died. This one died. He and is not only, a good person. Yeah. The only reason why he's attached to this particular one is not because he he loves and he believes this is his daughter. No, it's because this is the closest thing he's had to a success. success. That's it. I, I do think there is a love there. You do? I, I'm, I'm not saying he's a monster. I'm, I, I do think there is a love there because Eric – Eric loved his augments, right? He he thought those yeah. kids he, he liked those kids a lot. So I, I do think that there is a love there, but I also believe that part of the reason why he's so obsessive about saving her is because he wants to perfect this. He mm-hmm. wants to create the next generation of augments. He wants to prove that the eugenics wars were not the end all be all for augments, that it can be done right. And this is yeah. how, and this is how. Mm-hmm. But he's also a jackass um, who is willing to to run over a 96-year-old man. Just to save his project. Yeah. Um, I just don't think he was ever meant to be. He was ever meant to be sympathetic. There is a reason why he is the one. He is the voice we hear saying a safe galaxy is a human galaxy. Uh, whatever happens to the timeline, he is directly involved with it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's all for episode six. Want to go into episode seven? Let's do it. All right, episode seven, Monsters. Adam Sung has ran over a 96-year-old man. (laughs) And we're supposed to be like, aw, poor Adam. 
<laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Don't mean to be mean, Trek culture. I love you guys. That's good. I, re I really like that. I really like that channel. They're, cool. They're good people. Right. Um, so um, he's at Picard is in a coma when we start this episode. For some reason, he's lost in a memory. Um, mm -hmm. and, and they can't quite figure out why, because again, he's got a synthetic body. Everything seems fine. It's just for some reason, it's not. Yeah. So Talon decides to go in. Nice touch with the Romulan earpiece. Earpiece, yes. Um, did you ever watch Battlestar Galactica? Yes, I did. I didn't see it all, but I did watch, I think, two seasons. Did you recognize Baltar? No. This is Baltar. Who is? The guy Picard is talking to. All right, so this is the moment. Okay, I wanted to look because I wanted to ask you. I didn't look it up. I don't know why the the psychiatrist gave yeah. me Bashir, Doctor Bashir vibes. A lot of people felt the same way. Okay, because I thought I'm like I'm looking. I'm like, is that him? No, like, he feels not. like a little bit chunkier. Like I know Bashir was a little <laughs> chunkier. <laughs> he was a skinnier dude, so I'm like, oh man, I can't tell. And I wanted to ask you. I'm like. Is this Dr. Bashir? Because when yeah. I saw it, I was like, oh, Dr. Bashir, yes. No, it is It is Dr. Gaius Baltar from Battlestar Galactica. Okay. Then that, at least he's a doctor, so that's good. Well, um, I I loved this. I, I thought this was awesome. Um, I'm not as hot on this episode, mainly before the, for the ending, so we'll get to that later. But seeing Patrick Stewart and James Callis, um, and I, mind you, I just finished rewatching Battlestar Galactic with my partner last week. So like Sunday, we finished watching the series and then Thursday, James Callis ended up on my Star Trek episode. I'm like, what the <laughs> hell? You're like perfect timing. What, what a time to be alive. <laughs> um, I, I, I really like him as Baltar. I really like him as an actor. He's also Alucard in Castlevania, the TV series. If you, if you watch oh, that. Good. Yes, I did. Loved it. Yeah, um, he's the voice of Alucard. So he, so I, it was really cool just seeing them sitting in a room together acting. Mm -hmm. Like that was just some good stuff. Sure. Um, what color is his uniform? Black and blue. Is it? Because a lot of people say it's gray. It looks like it's black and blue. So it, it, I thought it was. I thought it was whatever that that like. I'm colorblind, so I, okay. I, I I don't know for sure. But whatever the color uniform Bashir had, yes, that same uh, teal. It's like a dark teal, right? So the so the interesting thing is the interior shirt of that uniform was gray, okay. and it was a it was a one piece. So this is a two piece with a colored shirt underneath, and people are saying this is gray. So it's a very strange, and he's got the the Voyager. DS9 com badge. So it's a very strange like hybrid of different uniforms mm -hmm. um, that kind of invokes something. Um, it's just not the uniform they decided to make. Sure. I love I love uniforms. I wish I, I owned them all. <laughs> God, I, I wish I had the money to buy uniforms, dude. I would do it in a heartbeat. In a heartbeat. I would wear one because that's such a, not to be mean, but that's such an easy cosplay to do. Mm-hmm. I would do that if I if I could. I would do that. But me too. Okay. In two weeks, by the way, Strange New Worlds comes out. Oh yeah, you ready? Oh baby, am I? <laughs> so excited for Strange New Worlds. Okay. James Callis as 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 
as as as uh, who he is. We'll get to that reveal in a bit. Doctor psychiatrist. Doctor psychiatrist. Um, <laughs> that was cool. Um, there's a line that I really like um, where uh, let's talk about Rios. Let's do it. Let's talk about Rios first. So Rios is an idiot. <laughs> you were telling me complete. I was so upset with them. I'm like one thing this lady told you not to do, and you're still not listening. I understand that as far as the Confederacy is concerned, they probably don't have a temporal prime directive. But still, come on, man. You you but, know better. My guy. My guy. What he are you still, doing? He says it. He says it when he's talking to her. He's like, I can't reveal certain things to you. And he said, I can't remember the exact quote, but he's in her doctor's office. I need to tell you, I need to tell you things without breaking time. But then you go and do that at the end? Really? So, so, so yes, I think the end was a mistake, but I don't mind how, again, going back to the voyage home comparison, Kirk told someone he's from the 23rd century. Yeah. So, uh, Dr. Oh, what the hell is that girl's name? Janine? Janine something. I killed her. I just I just watched that movie. I feel bad for her. Anyway, um, so he's he's kind of the Kirk role in this episode. He he mm-hmm. he's kind of to be fair, he is stuck between a rock and a hard place, too. Like he needs to explain what the hell's happening, and he really can't. Not in yeah. any terms that make sense to her. Um, so he has to say that, like, you know, I you can trust me. And that's what I think the giving her the uh, the medical device is I think that's I don't think that's him saying I can't use this I think that's him saying if you use this you can try like the this will this will prove to you that you can trust me because mm-hmm. this is this is what this is this is just for medical and if I do it you're gonna think I'm crazy yeah because literally all she did was press a button right I don't really think she did anything I just yeah. think that she it just kind of calmed her down to be like okay there's something else here but i can at least trust rios i can trust this guy if not but he's still a little crazy um <laughs> he has a great line call back to voyage home once again where he's where, where where she's like are you from outer space and i was like no i'm from chile i just work in outer space <laughs> good stuff it, good. it made me laugh uh kirk says the same line in star trek for the voyage home i'm from iowa i just work in outer space um I took a lot of notes for this. Um, this also is the episode where Raffi and Seven actually get something to do. Mm-hmm. Good job. <laughs> Inclusion. That's what we like to see. I'm glad because I like those characters. I like their relationship and I really like their banter. You know, when they're yeah. on the thing and it's just, just like, oh, we're, you know, da, 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 da. I think that they're a lot of fun together. Um, My issue with this episode comes from how it's how everything is spaced out. Okay. So we don't really pick up on the Jurati storyline until Picard is out of the coma. Yes. And I feel like maybe that should have been more intertwined with the episode. Mm-hmm. So it kind of, this episode kind of felt strangely, strangely put together. Whereas I like a lot of things that are happening in it. In fact, I like most everything that happens in this episode. It's just, a, a, it's just a, to me, a weirdly structured episode. Gotcha. Um, do you want to talk about uh, Inside Picard's Mind? Yes. 
that so I, I just watched the secrets of Dumbledore. This was the secrets of Picard, and it was it was so great. Don't tell me that. <laughs> it was so great to get a look into Picard's mind and how how he sees things. And what I what I love so much is this was like a reference to um, Sir Patrick Stewart coming yeah. from his his time in the theater, him working on like Hamilton and all these different things and his Shakespearean actor, I guess, background. This was like a nice little take to him saying like, hey, we know who you are as an actor. We trust you as an actor. And it was just like nice to go and see like this little kid trying to be the knight in shining armor, trying to go and save his mom. And this was his way of coping with reality because during the time when he was a kid, his mom drew this image on the glass and that was his safe house. So I just wanted to look this up. Okay. So I think Patrick Stewart is bringing a lot of his own personal life into Picard. And I think uh-huh. that works. I think what, one of the things that I always appreciate, like you get, you see it with like Marvel characters a lot of the time now um, mm-hmm. is when actors kind of take ownership of a character and they bring some of their selves. So they bring more and more of themselves into it. Picard, uh, Patrick Stewart has a quote that says at 80, this was last year at okay. 80, 2020, sorry, not last year, two years ago. Um, I forgot what year we're in. At 80, I'm still in therapy to deal with seeing my mother beaten by my father. Okay. So he he had a a rough childhood, and to say the least. And and we know in we know from the episode family and other episodes that Picard was never close with his dad. Yeah. More uh, uh his his dad was as far as he was concerned, a very um, distant figure to him, a, a very vindictive figure towards him. He did not. Uh, he was cold, very cold. To very cold. Son. He yeah. they they didn't get along at all. Um, we know very little about Picard's mother from that generation. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things that I do like about what we're seeing picard do in this up ep- in the season and then this episode is kind of more amplified is as you get older you start to look back yeah as the as the days grow shorter for you as you get less days ahead of you as you get behind you you start to look mm-hmm. back and you start to reevaluate things that have happened to you in your life and you start to it, it's kind of like this season in total in general is about looking back at, at the history of star trek at the legacy of star trek uh of the federation um of earth um, and Picard is looking back at his legacy. He's looking back at his life. He is looking back at things that he that um, he remembers from his life, and he remember he has this memory of his mother being terrorized by his father. Mm-hmm. And he has this memory of um, my my uh, my mother was what my mother was this perfect person that I wanted to be like, but that wasn't the truth. And it goes back to, we're just going to talk about the whole, the whole kind of thing about it. Sounds good. Um, That goes, that goes back to the last episode where the season is dealt is handled with compassion because Talon has this, has this thing where, when it's revealed that the psychiatrist is, is Maurice Picard Mm -hmm. is, is uh, Jean-Luc's dad. Um, He has this, 
um, we see what really happened, which was that Maurice found Picard, saved him, and then went after his mother and then tried to drag his mother back. And I'm not going to say that by the 24th century, depression should be cured. She could have something far worse. Maybe there is a new depression that is so much worse than anything that we have now. For sure. Um, um, Which is a horrible thought to think about. But he has this, there's this moment where, where, where Talon says there was never a monster chasing her. And this one I did write down. Um, There was no monster chasing your mother from Talon. And then, and then James Callis, Maurice says, no, there was, there always was. Mm -hmm. That is so important to me because once again, going back to my depression, going back to the fact that like, to 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 say that there was nothing there is a very ignorant way of looking at depression. Yeah, because in her mind there is, mm-hmm. and it, it, her mind is telling her that there is a monster behind you. There's a monster behind every door. There is something that's going to get to you, and it it, it terrified her. It it drove her further and further into her mind, and to have. Um, and to say that, no, there was never anything there is to trivialize it because, and so Maurice being the one to say, uh, being the one to be like, no, there, there always was, she never wanted to get treated though. I just did my best. Mm-hmm. And and so like, there's this bit where Picard's like, perhaps I never really knew you. And I'm not saying that, that it completely recontextualizes Picard, uh, Maurice and Jean-Luc's relationship to kind of be like, um, uh, Maurice was a good father. I don't think Maurice was, but I I do think Maurice loved uh, loved his wife and loved Jean Luc. I mm-hmm. just he he struggled with with uh, his wife's depression. Yeah. Anyway, and I really like that scene. I I just really like that moment. I thought it was really sweet. It was good. It was it was absolutely wonderful. And for me, um, seeing it through a different lens with. Um, with my dad battling a disease uh, towards his later life and growing up, if, if I would have had no idea until maybe the last like four years of his life that he was battling a disease, I would have no idea. And to kind of, I guess, go back to what you said with mental illnesses, people have to realize just because you don't see the problem doesn't mean that the problem doesn't exist for other people. And like for my dad, since he had Lewy body dementia, as, as watching it like now looking back, but then watching it when it happened, my dad would go and say like, Hey, do you see someone in my car? And I would go and say, no, I don't see anybody. And then he would laugh and kind of brush it off. And it's like, during that time, I just didn't think much of it until now that it's already happened, knowing that he had this disease and looking back and it's like you you now have a different lens on that person and i think that what star trek did for for sir patrick stewart's dad for for john luke's dad was very interesting on how they did it and it almost kind of gave gave a whole new dynamic to this relationship this character and it's like when we go back and we go and watch uh tng and those episodes we're not seeing it through the same light anymore we're seeing it yeah. through a totally different lens, which brings more realism to this show and more realism to Star Trek. Yeah, I always kind of I always kind of uh, think that if you're going to 
you're going to add something to the past, um, right? If you're going to um, look back and and recontextualize a moment, a relationship, or whatever, it's always got to be additive. It can't subtract. It can't yeah. make what has come before. It cannot make what has come before irrelevant. It has to enhance what has come before. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily think that if we go back to the episode Tapestry, where we see Maurice Picard yelling at, at Jean-Luc, it's going to completely recontextual. It's going to be no, completely yeah, recontextualized. No. But like, I do think that it, it helps recontextualize the episode Family, which has Jean-Luc talking to his brother Robert mm-hmm. about uh, about their family, about their parents. And I think that's the episode that this moment helps the most. Yeah. Because now we have the extra, we have the the thing of like, well, the context. We have the context of like, Maurice may not have been a good father, but he tried, and he was dealing with 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 things that 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 Jean Luc didn't just wasn't aware of. Yeah, and couldn't understand. Yeah. Um, Do you think his brother knew? I think maybe his brother found out after his mother died. Okay. Um, because he. Um, because he, uh, Robert and Maurice were a lot closer. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think Robert probably knew towards the end of, of Maurice's life, what was going on, but I could also see a world where Maurice tried to protect his kids. Just be like, yeah. you know, you, you were, you're not going to know about what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just thought that was a really nice way to do that. Um, but it did remind me because this is a this is a very old man talking to a a slightly younger man um, of who who is the father figure. It reminded me of an episode of Once Upon a Time. Did you ever see that show? I did not. All right. So Once Upon a Time, one of the seasons of Once Upon a Time, and I think about <laughs> this all the time. Um, <laughs> Rumpelstiltskin, okay, was played by the at the time middle aged Robert Carlyle, and he he goes to see Peter Pan. In hmm. Neverland. They're all trapped okay. in Neverland. All the characters are trapped in Neverland. Rumpelstiltskin is there. And Rumpelstiltskin and Peter Pan meet. Peter Pan is a boy. Maybe 12. Maybe 13. And it's probably honestly 17. This 50-year-old man says to the 17-year-old boy, It's good to see you again, Papa. <laughs> <laughs> because it is revealed that Peter Pan is Rumpelstiltskin's father. That is hilarious. It's good to see you again, Bob. <laughs> it's quite the show, I must say. Oh, that's 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 clever because exactly what happened here with Picard, like realizing that. Don't that's you his dare! Don't you dare say that once upon a time is clever. I mean, I have never seen it, but it's a the, garbage show that I watch a lot of. <laughs> the way you delivered it made me want to go and watch it. So don't. It's terrible. <laughs> There's oh, a whole man. episode, man. That they introduced the they introduced Frozen in that show. Ugh, it's such a bad show. I could make a show. I could make an entire podcast that is just me saying, "Hey, remember when this happened in Once Upon a Time?" And I can go for a hundred episodes. And I should not watch this. No, no. <laughs> Save yourself. <laughs> anyway. Okay. So so that I thought that that worked really well. Mm-hmm. Um. Rios, I really like Rios talking to Christina. The, yeah, the doctor. I think her name's Christina. Tarina. It, it ends with an Ina. Um, 
I thought I really like them together. I like their relationship a lot. I'm happy that we that Rios got more to do in this episode, okay. even if I think he's a damned idiot. The fact that he took her, the fact that he took her onto the ship, my God, man. It got me upset. It now she has to come. She has to come. She can't. She cannot stay in the twenty in the twenty first century. It got me upset. Um. Okay. Uh. Oh, there's a good image. There's a good image like the monster in the cellar. Um. Yeah. Has like a this kind of blurred out face. And mm-hmm. that was cool. It's a good image. I like that. I'm into that. What are you looking up? The uh, I'm looking up the doctor's name. Okay. <laughs> It's gonna um, kill me, so I'm like, I gotta do this. Oh, I, I wrote this. I wrote this whole thing down. Damn. Um, terrible darkness and irrational exhilaration is how someone. I think Maurice. Oh yeah, she has this. She has this terrible darkness and this irrational exhilaration is a really interesting way of talking about depression and anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, I. It's a good line. I really like how this how this episode how this season is written. Um. So we so, are both wrong. Oh, what is it? Dr. Teresa Ramirez. Teresa Ramirez. I'm so sorry. And Teresa. Her profile picture on IMDb. Wow. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Um, there's <laughs> also a tease at the end of the episode, at the end of the, the segment of the episode, where um, there's more to the story that yes. uh, Picard is hiding. Uh, we're three episodes away from the ending. Do we need more? Uh, see, Shouldn't I, we be wrapping up? I think that we. Sh- I think they will talk about it. I don't think they're going to harp on it too long, mm-hmm. because, like you said, there's only three episodes. Like, how much more can you add to that story and this, make it this so will, cohesive? This will also come back around to another thing that happens at the end of this episode. Um, yeah. But I think that like hinting at more i just question like we're three episodes away from the ending we've still got the gerardi problem deal to deal with uh and we still the queue is still around there we still have so many loose ends with with, with adam sung and i don't think we're, we've seen the last of Renee. Mm-hmm. maybe we just start focusing on wrapping up and i'm kind of worried that that we're going to by the end by the last episode we're just going to race yeah. to the end crunch yeah crunch everything together and i don't want that to happen because i don't think this ends of the cliffhanger i don't think yeah, this no. ends of the cliffhanger one thing um, I I think that with the way that they teased how they're going to solve the Q problem, I I don't foresee it taking more than an episode to do that. I don't think it's going to take two episodes. I think that they will have enough time to go and drag that out for two episodes, but at the same time solve all of the problems they have that are subplots in the la- the second to last episode. I don't know. We 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 keep we keep building we keep building new mysteries to solve by the by the last episode and i'm kind of wondering if maybe we should be solving these things at this point because we have q we have what the hell the borg queen was doing on the stargazer in the first episode we have gerardi as the borg queen um we have adam sung how that relates to anything we uh, Rene Picard, how that relates. We know how that relates, but I think there's still more there. Mm-hmm. And now um, we'll just we'll just talk about it since we're here. But like the FBI are involved now. Yes. And that's the that's the part of the episode where I was like, 
do we need this right now? Like, shouldn't mm-hmm. we shouldn't we be getting to the end? Shouldn't we start start wrapping things up? Yeah. Do we need to introduce a new element to get Picard off the off the table again when he was mm-hmm. already off the table in the last episode? And we already have a big big thing to solve, which is the ship, and it's it's now being partially controlled by the Borg Queen because she infected it, and we have her running around the city trying to go and gain enough power to create a new armada army, whatever you want to call it, to go and destroy Earth again or right. assimilate all with, Earth. With three episodes left, I would think that to that what we need to do is we need to solve the Q problem, we need to solve the Sung problem, and we need to solve the, the Jurati problem. But yeah. now we also need to solve the FBI problem. Yeah, it's a lot. I, I just like I just don't think that like and especially because the last episode ended with Picard in a coma. Mm-hmm. And Picard's off the table, and now we got now Picard's off the table again because he's been taken by the FBI. I just don't, I just don't know if we have the real estate for this right now, and I'm concerned about it. That's not to say they can't pull it off. I think they could. I'm, I'm, I'm still really enjoying this episode. Like I've said, I'm really enjoying the season. Like I've said, I just, I'm just a little concerned that maybe we're biting off a bit more that we can chew going into the last three episodes. Yeah. I, I I can agree with you. I I don't think like you, back to what you were saying as far as Picard's um, memory of his childhood and getting pieces that are missing that we still haven't got. Yeah. That does not have to be solved in this season. That can definitely be that's solved true. in the next season. Yeah, that's and true. That's a good point. So we have certain things that can be expanded upon that can hold off and just introduce what could happen in season three. Um, so talent, this is what revealed the talent is Romulan. Good. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a little strange that she's an ancestor of Laris, yes. uh, because the way we knew about, so, so Gary seven says that he, that he is from a line of people that were taken off of earth thousands mm-hmm. of years ago mm-hmm. and then brought back to be supervisors, um, and protect earth. So like the, so, like, I can understand that probably whatever species did that probably did it on other planets, such as Romulus. Um, I am I, I'm curious how Talon ends up back on Romulus to have a child and have a lineage um, yeah. that leads to Laris. I, I was thinking maybe that Laris is another another one. That she's there to go and continue on with protecting the Picard lineage. Oh, you think that she that she's going to have a line of of talons to Laris that that is constantly looking over the Picard family? Yes, I don't think so. You don't? No. It just I, 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 it fits. I would really honestly. There's a world where that can be written well, as you've said it. I don't like it. Oh, I'm not a writer. Just thank God. <laughs> to be fair, right? I just, I just don't think, I don't conceive a, a part of me that could be okay with that being what that is. Um, having, it, it's just, I'm okay with the coincidence that he somehow that he knows the ancestor that 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 the ancestor of Laris uh, protected uh, a Renee, but I just. I don't like the idea that the Picard family is always being watched because that kind of puts a lot of a lot of um, it kind of makes the Picard family a very important family and not just okay. oh there's some important members in the family. So then, do you wish that the the actor who played as um, 
as Tal Talon yeah, was not Brady. was not the same actor. Do you wish that it was a different person in that predicament? Because I know we have a sense of trust, and that's There's, when she goes into the mind of Picard. So there are three there are three actors in the show in this season that are playing different characters from the last time we saw them. The same yeah. actors, mm-hmm. uh, Corey Sung and Talon. I'm the Soong thing is fine. It's a running gag that's been in Star Trek for years. I'm happy about it. Corey, kind of the same thing. Yeah. It's a running gag that has always been in Star Trek. I'm happy about it. The Talon one is interesting. I'm happy that Orla Brady is back because I like that actress and I wanted to see more Laris and I kind of getting that with Talon. Um, it's it is stretching the believability of it though. Okay. It is, it's just stretching it. And I'm not saying I dislike it because mm-hmm. especially because I'm happy to see Orla Brady back. Um, I just feel like maybe Lars should have gone on this adventure, you know? Okay. <laughs> um, but it's whatever. It's fine. Like, it's fine. Like yeah. I, I'm, I'm no skin off I, your back. I'm not against it. I don't see a world where I'm okay with with this family is always looking after Picard's family. Gotcha. I I don't mind the coincidence of a couple hundred years from now we I meet your descendant. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Also, are they allowed to have descendants? I guess we don't really know. It's just yeah. just things I think about of like should these like perfect beings have descendants? You know. Mm-hmm. Anyway. I guess they would technically have descendants because if they're taken off the planet 6,000 years ago, then they would have to have babies. They're not 6,000 years old. Things to think about. <laughs> um, uh, so we get more about the Elorians too in this, in this, in this episode, yeah. we get a lot of bit more about the Elorians. I was always led to believe that the issue between Q and Guinan was just Q and Guinan. They just don't mm-hmm. like each other. Apparently but, not. Apparently, the the Elorians had a cold war with the Q. Mm-hmm. I don't know how that would work. Because the Q are omnipotent beings. Yep. So, okay, it's fine. I, I, I like I like knowing more about the Elorians species. It doesn't quite take away from the mystery of it. It just kind of expands on what we already kind of figured, which is that, like, you know, Guinan, Guinan likes having a bar. She likes talking to people. She likes being a bartender. Mm-hmm. She's a listen. She comes from a race of listeners, and so, and 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 expanding on that in a way that doesn't quite take away from the mis- from the mystery of the Elorians, um, creating this idea of like, well, actually, all Elorians like food and drink, and we like talking, and we like listening, and we like and we like having this thing. Yeah, I I thought that was really. Really smart, really inventive way of doing that. And the nice little dig at Doctor Who, because when she pulls out the bottle where she's like, the moment is in this bottle, that's a Doctor Who concept. Yeah. But that was kind of interesting. But then uh, after that... But is where Q doesn't her- come. No. Which was very, very strange. But then she said maybe that there's a something. problem going on. So something maybe he is-, is wrong. Yeah, something's wrong. Maybe he's sick. But the only reason to find the only way to go and find out, which Picard kind of uh, alludes to, is we need to go and talk to him. Yeah. Um, so he, so he, so Picard. He, I mean, he kind of suspects something is wrong, and now, and now I'm pretty sure he like knows something is wrong because he mm-hmm. he didn't show up. Um, 
we we know there's something wrong with Q. I I do like how Guinan Guinan does the the, the the like hand thing, <laughs> was, which cute. I thought was fun. Um, uh, it was a cool moment. Just this this kind of like big bombastic way to summon a Q with the moment of when the Cold War peace was happened. That that was interesting. Um, I have no I have no issues with that with that with that mm-hmm. scene. I I like how it expands on mm-hmm. on lore. I like how it expands on Star Trek. I like how it expands on the Alorians and the Q. It's just a really weird concept to think about an omnipotent beings who there's a comic we read called uh, uh, Q conflict where the where wars like there's a war between omnipotent beings that are causing supernovas mm-hmm. at any IDW, right? Yeah. Um, they're like this war is causing supernovas. And mm-hmm. so like, what would a cold war with a species that, just has a extra sensory um extra sen- extra sense of time have to do with a omnipotent being that can wipe out entire civilizations at a snap of a finger yeah interesting That's to think about very interesting very interesting so i'm going to i'm going to run i'm going to run by you a, a fun fact about mr fbi agent all right let's get so his name is agent wells okay his name is Agent Martin Wells. Now, he is played by the actor, by an actor who has shown up in Star Trek before. In Star Trek Voyager, there was an episode where, I don't know if you've seen this episode or if you know about this episode, but there was an episode where they recruit Seven of Nine from mm-hmm. the 29th century. Okay. Um, from the Federation timeship uh, relativity is a Wells-class starship. Is a Wells class timeship. Okay. As far as HG Wells. Oh, okay. I was thinking, um, like, hmm. Well, I mean, but that it, it is a heck of a coincidence if it is one. Yeah, um, right. So in that episode, he plays a Federation officer on the timeship relativity, um, who becomes captain of the timeship relativity. Okay. Um, and he So a lot of people have speculated that 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 that's who this is. Oh, it's the same person. It could be the same person because it is the same actor. His name is Agent Wells. It's a Wells class ship. Um, he's. It could be that. It could be. Okay. It kind of it kind of causes some time travel issues as well because, like, I guess we'd have to explain that the time ship relativity exists outside of time and was impervious to the Confederacy changes. Um, and it's come back to the 21st century as well. That's a Martin, another thing to add on to the plot that we had to solve. Right. Martin is the, you know, Marty, Marty McFly. Marty, yeah. So it does sound like, it does sound like a made up time travel name. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've seen the next, the preview for the next episode. And it seems to imply that this, if you remember the trailer, there's a boy who gets a mind meld with some Vulcans. Okay. It seems to imply that that's who this is. Oh. So I do not think he is connected to the character from Star Trek Voyager. Well, that's that's good to hear, because that is a lot of coincidence happening if that is. It's a hell of a coincidence, though, calling him <laughs> Agent Wells from a Wells-class time ship from the 29th century. Do you, I, the writers we have for Picard, we know they are Star Trek fans. Mm-hmm. 
you, I, I want to wish I could ask them this. Did you I think guys it's reference. Do this? Say again? I think it's a reference. Okay. Well, I was going to say, do you think that they actually do this on purpose to trip up Star Trek fanatics that know everything about Star Trek and then can reference these things? They're like, ah, I wonder if we're going to go and get these people on a whirlwind. Potentially, but I do think I, I think it's meant as a reference and not as a clue. Okay. Um, because of who I think this character actually is, it should be revealed in the next episode. Um, but again, I just don't know if like, do we need the FBI subplot yeah. at this point? Like mm-hmm. we got three episodes, guys. Like, maybe we maybe we get to the end. Maybe we start wrapping things up. Yep. I don't know. Like he's been in very little this season. I, I I'm I'm still waiting to see him come back. Mm-hmm. Which I think it was also in the next episode. I don't know. Let me see if I have any other notes to bring up before we go. Do you have anything else you want to bring up? Uh, uh, no, not really. Just just a little anger with some idiots who decided to go and <laughs> bring up random people onto a starship. I mean, Look, not... if she ends up coming back with them to the 25th century, all right, fine. If he ends up staying in the 21st century, I'll be sad, but at least but I'll understand. Yeah, yeah. I I hope that is not the case. Um, yeah, I guess that's it. Really, man, I really like James Callis in this episode. Um, yeah, okay. I'm good. You good? Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty solid. I'm excited to see how this thing plays out, and I am very interested to see how these writers solve all these problems in the next Me couple of episodes. Two. <laughs> all right. So we'll call it there then. Um, three episodes left, and uh, Star Trek Strange New Worlds is on the horizon. Yeah. Ooh, I'm excited for Strange New Worlds, dude. I'm so you and stoked. me both. You and me both. Um, all right. So we'll probably do a Star Trek Strange New Worlds uh, fake nerds watch uh, when that starts as well. Um, we'll just have to coordinate when we do that in regards to like the 10th episode of Picard because the first episode drops the same day. Okay. Um, okay. So, Cookie, why don't you plug your stuff? Yeah, I'm Cookie from Just Little Podcast. You can find me on social media on Instagram at Just Little Podcast, on Twitter at Just Podcasting, and the podcast drops every single Tuesday with a brand new episode. The last week's episode, I had some car trouble and my tire disappeared off my car, so I had to go and get that. that replaced. It was crazy. Anyways, um, I didn't get a chance to put out a full episode like I normally do, but I got a chance to go and tease about my Patreon stuff. So if you want, head on over to patreon.com slash just little podcast. Sign up today for as little as $3 a month to support the podcast. For as little as $5 a month, you can get access to exclusive content, exclusive shows. Uh, I just dropped a brand new series on there, which is circling around Harry Potter called You're a Wizard Podcast. So if you like Harry Potter, check that out. Awesome. Okay. Um, Like Cookie, I also do quite a bit of stuff, so strap in. Um, (laughs) You can find me, of course. um, This is part of the Fickner Podcast family podcast. This is Fickner's Watch. We do tons of of shows on this channel. Make sure to like this video and subscribe to this channel. Uh, You can get access to all sorts of shows, such as other Fickner's Watch series. We've done Star Trek Discovery. Uh, There's a whole host of Star Trek Picard stuff. Uh, There's a Moon Knight series that we're kind of trying to do right now, but it's been a little difficult with schedules and things. But that's the other series that's happening right now. Um, that's This guy's not on that. My co-hosts on the Fickner podcast are on that. Um, you can also find Basement Arcade, um, which is our video game Let's Play series. Basement Arcade Pause Mini, which is our video game discussion series. 
uh, Fickner Book Club, which is a comic book discussion series, and Animation Station, which is an animation discussion series. Um, Conversation is another show that I do. That's all audio. That's all with podcasts. Season two is coming. It's been a little slow going. I just got a lot going on in life right now. Um, but it, but I've recorded episodes and it's it's coming, guys. I promise. Um, and of course, all of that is part of the Fake Nerd Podcast family podcast, which is the shepherded by the Mothership Show Fake Nerd Podcast. Um, Fake Nerd Podcast does all sorts of all sorts of discussions, reviews, things like that. Um, the latest episode, if you're probably watching this, is probably coming up next week. So we've just done a review of everything, everywhere, all at once. Oof. Um, very excited about that about to talk about that or i was excited to talk about it however that worked <laughs> however time however you perceive time, time it's a paradox <laughs> um, and before that we talked about sonic the hedgehog 2 which we massively loved so awesome say so check all those episodes out you can find them online right now audio video as well we also have Patreon. You can subscribe to our Patreon. It's a little under construction right now, so I recommend just doing like the $1 tier. You don't get anything, but you support us. We appreciate it. Um, also, I have a tea public, which has got a ton of merchandise you can check out. Um, uh, mugs, shirts, and whatnot. All sorts of sh- all of our show logos. Um, there's, a, there's one that I'm always a fan of, which is I'd rather be a fake nerd than a true fan. Uh, because I don't, believe in the, I don't believe in a true fan. I don't believe they exist. <laughs> um, and uh yeah fictor podcast on all social medias i was gonna plug do i when do i plug my stuff when do i normally you're do right that in. you're right um fake podcast on all social medias i'm at bt mcclure on instagram and twitter if you want to touch with me personally um you can of course check out all the things i write i write for screen rant where um i've written i write tons of stuff tons of marvel stuff on screen Rant right now um there's a very specific reason for it that I can't talk about, but um, hopefully it will pay off. Um, specifically, speaking of paying off. Um, <laughs> and um, you can check out, I'm also writing a, a Infinity, an Infinity Saga series on Atomic Geekdom. My latest, episode, my latest issue entry, I guess, is up now where I talk about the final moments of Avengers Age of Ultron. Um, that was a lot of fun. And I'm going to be taking a small break because I've just finished what I call a phase one of that series. Um, and I also edit uh, kaijuramanmedia.com which has the magazine Kaijuraman um, uh, good guys there I also put up stuff there hopefully there's something up now um, I won't say what it is because like I don't actually know if I'm going to finish it in time um, and that's it I guess that's it that's everything alright I'm tired <laughs> <laughs> I'm right winded on. from all that <laughs> alright um, Cookie thank you again <laughs> Um, hopefully, always, my friend, always. hopefully we can do this next week. Oh, we might not be able to actually, because <laughs> I'm going out of town. We'll talk about it. All right, Sounds buddy. Good. Um, until next time, we see us, guys. Live, Live long, long and prosper. And prosper.